Good morning, everybody. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the podcast. Um, I don't really have anything specific that I want to talk to you guys about, but um, it's been a while since I did a podcast-only episode, so I figured um, I would do that. And I also want to let you guys know real quick about a discount code I have for Dual Molds. Um, they have been gracious enough to pass along a discount code to to me to pass out to all of you. The code is LUNA25, all capitals, L-U-N-A, 25, all capitals. It's 25% off any molds on doitmolds.com. So if you want to get into plastic pouring, lead pouring, or if you're already into that kind of stuff and you're looking to buy some new stuff, I got a 25% discount code that you guys can use. Um, They were huge for me going out to Lake Havasu a few weeks ago. And um, they've been a real awesome supporter of mine. So I really encourage you guys to support them as well and take advantage of this code. It'll expire on February 22nd. So this is the last week that's going to be good. And then it'll obviously go back to, you know, no discount code that I can offer. So take advantage of it while it's still there. So my Lake Havasu tournament was really, really tough. Um, The bite was crazy, crazy tough. Um, I fished this tournament last year as well, and it was tough, and I really think that this year was even tougher. The weather did not do us any favors. It was nice and warm when I first got to Lake Havasu, and it got nasty, windy, and really, really cold um, while I was out there. So I got there on a Saturday, was going to go fish, ended up not feeling good whatsoever, Um, I would have only had a few hours to fish that day anyway, so I decided not to go out and fish. Um, I didn't want to, you know, stay out late and, you know, be all tired going into the next day and then sacrifice, you know, maybe getting even more sick. So I decided to just get a few things ready for the next day, go to bed early and get out there on Sunday, which would have been my first day of practice. So Sunday rolls around. Um, I get up early, I get out to the lake, I'm feeling okay, I'm living off the NyQuil and DayQuil, but um, I'm able to get out there and start practice. Um, the night before, um, while I was getting everything ready, I downloaded the Lake Havasu Lake Master map. So one of the cool things about the Hummingbird and Lake Master products is that if there's a lake that you don't have on your Lake Master chip, that you need or if you want to add just that map up to the front graph or whatever you're able to download these maps whether it's on your phone on your laptop transfer them over to a memory card and then plug them into your unit and then you have the lake master maps and the lake master map and the hummingbird units pair up really really well and they make really really good maps and you have a lot of features that you can take advantage of by you know depth shading um, water level offsets Um, some of that's really really key especially some of the lakes that we fish lake mead fluctuates a lot Um, it could be you know 100 feet low and you can you can change that on the lake master chips better than you can on some of the other units so I was trying to get that dialed in and I ended up having some issues um, being able to see my map So within the Hummingbird, you can go in and look at your lake list. And your lake list is all the different maps that you have available to you. So you can scroll through. I could find Lake Havasu, and I hit Lake Havasu, but the map wouldn't pull up. So I ended up having to call Hummingbird and try to figure out, you know, what is going on. Because I've done this in the past. 
with Lake Mead when I went out for the US Open. I downloaded the Lake Mead map onto a memory card and I had issues in the beginning getting my map to be able to be viewed on my unit. So I was like, okay, maybe I did something wrong. So I called them and tried to figure it out. Well, of course I had to sit on hold for a while. And this isn't a knock on Hummingbird. This is how it went. I had to sit on hold and eventually I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get a call back. So I waited and waited for the call back and I got, got the call, answered it. And pretty quickly after answering it, I had bad cell reception and I lost, I dropped the call. So I wasn't able to, you know, figure out what was going on. So then I had to find cell reception again, call Hummingbird back and then, you know, sit and wait once again. And this time I didn't want to go too far away from where I had cell service. So I was super limited on where I could go to actually make the phone call, get the information that I needed. So I sat around um, and just waited. So eventually I got the call back and um, I was able to figure out what was going on. So the issue that I had was pretty, pretty minimal. I did everything right. There was nothing wrong with the unit. There was nothing wrong with the map. But for whatever reason, when you have a Lake Master chip, like the actual one that you buy that has like, you know, a whole bunch of different lakes on it, and it's the one from the company, and you have another chip in the unit, um, you're not able to see the maps on the extra chip that you did yourself. So once I took out the Lake Master chip and only had in the extra chip that I put the map on myself, I was able to view the map and had no issues, had no idea that this was something that's you know somewhat common. I spoke with somebody else about it and they told me they had the same issue at one point and um, everything worked great after that. The map was great had no issues and everything was good to go. So I downloaded the map once again so that way I could have the map at my console and up at my front graph. So I downloaded it once again, transferred it from my phone to the actual unit and I was able to have the Havasu Lake Master map on my front and rear graphs. And this basically, this whole process, it sounds quick on the podcast, but this whole process probably took me you know, almost half the day by, you know, calling Hummingbird, talking to the first person, calling back, waiting around and figuring out what was going on, then download the map again and transferring it. So I burnt my half my first day of practice just trying to figure this stuff out. So once I was able to go fish and start finding, you know, some different things that were going on at the lake, um, the bite was already tough as it is. So I went up to some, you know, main lake points with some steeper drop-offs that that kind of hit the main channel of Lake Havasu. And as soon as I started throwing a jig, I was throwing a do-it molds jig with a six cent stroker craw trailer. And um, I was getting bit. I caught a really, really nice smallmouth. If you guys have been paying attention to my Instagram or my Facebook or whatever, you've seen that fish. It was a nice, probably four, maybe four and a half pound smallmouth. It was a really, really good smallmouth and nice and fat, healthy, definitely pre-spawn smallmouth and um, caught that fish marked the waypoint went to another very similar spot got another bite shook it off later on the day i found another very similar spot threw the jig out there again got bit and um it was a short strike so it wasn't a real full bite so i didn't have to shake it off or anything like that but 
you know, obviously I thought I had this, this jig pattern going. So by the time I, I figured all this stuff out, I just kept going fishing, tried some different stuff. But the main takeaway from my first day of practice was, was that jig pattern. So load the boat, go back, uh, get ready for the next day. I get out there for the second day of practice and it's blowing. It's blowing probably 20 to 30 mile an hour sustained winds with gusts that are even faster and harder than that probably up to 40 and I think the weather forecast said even up to 50 mile an hour gusts at times so needless to say it was windy it was nasty oh and and to make things works worse the temperature dropped by about 20 degrees so Sunday was about 75 degrees and then coming into Monday it was a whopping 55 um, the water temperature dropped and the fishing just got ridiculous so obviously when the wind's blowing that hard, you're kind of limited on what you can and can't do. And it's basically reaction baits only. If you want to fish slow, you're going to have to do it with some pretty heavy weights, stuff like that, because that wind's just going to blow you around. Um, but one of the main takeaways that I had on that day was getting a few bites on the Alabama rig, which did translate into one fish um, on the tournament day. And, um, you know, I got, I think, three bites that day, caught three fish. One was on a spinnerbait, and it was on the, one of the dual mold spinnerbaits that I make myself. And then I had two more bites on an Alabama rig. Uh, those, one of those fish was a really good one. And then the spinnerbait fish and the second uh, Alabama rig fish weren't that great. But, you know, put a full day out on the water. I didn't want to beat up different areas too much because I, I had that jig thing that I found the day before found a reaction bait obviously in the wind but I didn't know if that was going to hold up because the wind wasn't at the time supposed to blow too too bad on tournament day so it was it was basically time to end day two of practice and then the next day we only had a half day of practice available to us so now it's Tuesday and it's the final day of practice we can only fish till noon and then we had to be off the water in order to go out and uh, do the the pre-tournament meetings register all that kind of stuff get geared up for the first day of the tournament and it's blowing once again same thing as the day before super super windy 20 30 40 mile an hour winds 20 for sure sustained winds and um, I ended up going out with a buddy Clayton Eastlake we hopped into my boat went out there a little bit um, he's throwing a jerk bait gets a bite um, it doesn't connect but we know it was a bite because um, there ended up being a scale on that on the hook of his jerk bait and that's pretty much the only bite we got all day that day we did a few different things i wanted to fish some man-made structure that they have in those lakes because a lot of times um that that holds good fish no bites doing that it was hard to do it because of the wind as well but i wanted to try and do something that i hadn't done yet and um, it didn't pan out so it was time to go to the tournament meeting I, I load the boat up i get rigged up for the next day the tournament first day of the tournament and um you know, go to the tournament meeting, register, and um, get geared up, and then went to bed and got up for the next day, which is the first day of the tournament. One of the crazy things about tournament fishing in particular is the fact that you have no control over whether you're gonna go fishing or not. I mean, technically, yeah, you wouldn't have to launch your boat, but if you don't, you're wasting all that money, and when you fish a tournament, it could be freezing cold and then super hot, to windy to rainy to to whatever 
you have no control over the conditions and you're stuck fishing whether the bite's good or the bite's really bad and in this case for me the bite was really bad i could not figure out how to get consistent bites in that tournament um, practice was virtually useless for me because the conditions were were so much different than than they were in practice because you had one day that was really really nice two days that were really really windy really really tough to get anything really accomplished going into the tournament and then the first day of the tournament was windy as well the second day was was somewhat windy kind of not it was kind of in between and the last day was almost like glass and just the temperature changes that were going on it went from from warm to really really cold then you know gradually back to warm again it was just all over the place and that really messes with the bite messes with the fish and they don't know what to do because it's pre-spawn right now out out there in lake havasu in the desert those fish are thinking about wanting to get up shallow and some of those first waves of, of spawners could happen you know at any time if it was warm so when that water was warming and the days were warming i'm sure some of those fish were thinking about it and then all of a sudden they get shocked and it's freezing cold and they're like what's going on i thought i was about to go spawn and now it's freezing cold again i do think that fishing in all those different conditions and not really getting to choose whether you want to get out on the lake that day or or not you know really kind of makes you a better fisherman you know, I fished in some super, super windy, nasty conditions that, you know, if it was going on at home, I probably would have just called it for the day and not and not gone out just because like, why put yourself through that? But when you're fishing a tournament and you're trying to find fish to, you know, hopefully cash checks and, and make some make some money, you know, you're stuck going out there. Lakes you've never been to before. You got to see what's out there. You got to see different you know, areas of the lake and you got to put that time in, in order to try to compete against guys that have fished there, you know, a lot of times before, before you and, you know, coming home or fishing in different conditions, like nothing is really too difficult to fish in anymore. You know, it can be, it can be tough and the fishing might not be very good, but you know, I've fished in some pretty nasty winds now and, you know, stuff that used to, you know, be windy to me isn't windy at all anymore. And I've figured out ways to fish and figured out ways to catch fish in some of those conditions. Unfortunately, it didn't really pan out too well at this Lake Havasu event. But I'm gonna go into more of the tournament days, you know, in the next uh, couple episodes. Um, I'm not sure what the next episode's gonna be, but I definitely wanted to put something out for you guys on the podcast. I really appreciate you guys listening. Um, and don't forget about that code Luna10, or excuse me, Luna25 for the Do It Molds website, and you'll be able to get 25% off your molds. It's only good for the mold, so obviously if you buy some molds or you need to buy everything else, it'll take 25% off of those molds in your cart. So make sure to take advantage of that code. It'll end February 22nd. Um, again, thanks for listening. If you're new to listening, please subscribe to the podcast. And um, also, if you're new just in general and you just found me on my podcast, you know, I got YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all kinds of different social media stuff. So take advantage of that. You can check out my website, mattlunafishing.com. Um, so thanks again for listening and stay tuned for more content coming your way. Thanks. See ya. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really appreciate it. I want to talk to you guys real quick before we go about how you can support my podcast. You guys know I want to fish professionally 
and make a living doing it. And I can't do that on my own. So if you guys wanna support the podcast, that's an option that Anchor provides. So I wanna let you guys know about it. If you're interested in doing that, go to anchor.fm slash matt-luna-fishing and click the support this podcast link. I'll also leave a link in the show notes if it's something that you're interested in. I kind of feel weird ask, uh, mentioning it, but I wanted to pass that information along to you guys. Also, if you want to get a free ebook that I have put out, all you gotta do is sign up for my email list. There'll be a link in the show notes for that as well. And you can learn about what bass eat. It talks about shad, bluegill, and crawfish and the different times of year that you can target those forages where the bass should be. It may not be a perfect every time you go fishing way to find the bass, but it can kind of give you that yearly timeline and help you be close to the right areas where those fish are. So thanks again for listening. I appreciate it.